0: is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning, church. Um, I see a lot of new faces. So this morning, um, not this morning, my name is always Anoj. Um, My name is Anoj, and this morning... I have the privilege, I promise I don't change my name every time I come up here, it's, it's not what I do. This morning we, um, we're going to be going through and continuing through our series, so we've just started a new series called Who You Say I Am, um, where we're journeying and unpacking who God calls us and who He says that we are when we come to Him and are in Him uh, through faith. And so we've looked at our identity as the beloved, as saints, as people who are filled with the Spirit. And this morning we come to the topic of people who are connected um, and connected and being a member of particularly the church. Um, and this morning what I want to do is I want to unpack two things. Now I know you're sitting there and you're thinking, how can you have a sermon that doesn't have at least three points? Well, we've got two, so it's going to be great. Um, And this morning what we're going to do, we're going to do two things. First, we're going to look at the reality of connection. What does the Bible say about us being a connected people? And then we're going to look at the implications of being connected. What what, what does that mean? What does that practically look like? So we're looking at the reality and then the implications. I'm going to pray and then we'll get into it this morning. Father God, we thank you. Uh, that, Lord God, you are um, a, a wonderful God, and you have saved us by your grace, and we thank you that we now have a new identity. Um, and Lord, we pray as we unpack this particular identity as being a connected People, you would help us, Lord God, to understand what that truly means. I pray that you open up our hearts to hear your word. I pray that you guard my words, Lord God, that I be faithful to you. And this morning, we may leave and uh, with an understand, a great understanding of what it means to be a connected people. As so we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, Amen. All right. So the first thing we're doing this morning is we're looking at the reality of connection. And I want you to turn with me to the Book of One Corinthians, um, chapter twelve. Now, just by way of context, if you haven't read the book of Corinthians, uh, Paul, who's writing to the church in in Corinth, he's just started this this section about how they are to intermingle as they're in church together. How they're to use their gifts and and the things that God's given them and steward that faithfully. And in the middle of that section here, in, in our particular section, he talks about the unity that they have as believers. Um, and the oneness that they ought to have. And, and he's highlighting that because of that oneness, that unity um, in the body together, that was to then um, ensure that they don't have pride or um, use their, their gifts um, in, in a manner that wasn't pleasing to God. And this is what he says in verse 12. He says, Just as the body, though one has many parts, but all these many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Listen to what Paul is saying here in verse 13. He says, For we were baptized by one Spirit, meaning we've come to the same Lord by the Spirit at work in our hearts. We've um, come to accept Jesus as our Savior, and we worship Him as Lord of our lives. And he says, For we were baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. Do you see what Paul is, is saying here this morning? He's not talking about two separate decisions or two separate acts. He's not talking to people who have given their life to Christ and then out of that, a few of them who have also chosen to connect and mingle with other believers. He's saying that when we were joined to Christ, you we were also united to one another. Now, I'm going to hit pause here and, and just kind of unpack what that means and, and the two particular contexts I think that um, speaks to. When we, when we become united to Christ and we become part of the body of Christ, there's, there's two senses in which that's true. Um, and in, in a sense, it, we're talking about both becoming part of what we can call the, the global church and the local church. right? Now, the, what do I mean by that? The global church. Now, when we come to faith, the global church refers to all believers, not just here in Parramatta, not just here in Australia, around the world. In fact, some people would say it also means Christians before and those to come. We're talking about the church, if I can use that emphasis. We're talking about all believers. And there's a sense when we read in the New Testament that when we come to faith, we're connected to all true believers in Christ. There's, a, there's an element where we're united to all brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, if we had time, we could look at passages such as in 1 Peter, where Peter is writing to the people of God who've been scattered throughout a, the, the province, and, and he calls them, he refers to them as a, as a royal priest or a holy nation. The people of God a chosen people. See, there's a sense in which when, when we come to faith, we unite to all Christians everywhere. Um, and it's, it's true that one day, eventually, all Christians are going to come before God together, worshipping Him in His physical presence. It's going to be amazing. But at the same time, we also see in Scripture a second reality we see that God has established the local church to be a tangible, physical, experienced representation of the global church reality. In other words, the global church is to be made up of a number of different local churches. And we see that in various parts in in the New Testament in particular, where God has established here on earth um, the the local church to be a tangible, experienced reality of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. And so this morning we're going to be particularly looking at that idea of the local church and I hope that in the things that we unpack um, we'll be able to understand a little bit about what it means to also be part of the wider church and, and, and the global church. But turning back to our passage this morning, what we see is that Paul is writing to a local church. He's writing to the church in Corinth. You can, you can think of it as a, a PCC of sorts in, in the city of Corinth. And When he's writing, he's saying to them that God's plan and purpose for those who are connected to him to also be connected and unified with each other in that body. In other words, being connected to Christ also necessarily means being connected to each other in the body of the local church. Now, I'll I'll illustrate it this way, and I'm going to apologize from the start, because I know every time I'm up here, I I use a lot of sports analogies. Um, but I realise that unlike some of the other people who stand here, I don't have children, um, and children are great, um, sermon analogies. So I'm going to go with sports. Um, and this morning, I'm going to talk about a particular game. I actually went down to a, a footy game just here at Bankwest Stadium in Parramatta um, to watch my team, the, teams that, the Roosters, playing against Parramatta. And we won't talk about the result. I don't remember that result. But it's been a long time since I was there. It was a long time since I was, I've watched the game live. And I was there with one of my mates, surrounded by Parramatta fans. Um, and I was watching the game, but in the back corner at the top, almost trying to hide them away, was the away team bay. It was the, the bay where all the Roosters fans were sitting. And they had their chants, and they're loud, and they're noisy. Um, one of them is, they say, you know, all the Roosters fans stand up, and they clap, and, and all the Roosters fans stand up. And I found myself watching the game, but also feeling as if I I wanted to be there, right? Because I wanted to be part of them. It was almost as if my my connection, my love for my team, in some way connected me to those people up there as well. And I'm sure you've experienced that in other areas. Maybe you're walking around and you see someone with a t-shirt of your favorite music band. Or you find someone who likes the same movie or or, or series and you're like, wow, that person's a lot more cooler now. Because you you feel a sense of, of, of connection, It's a similar idea when it comes to the church, where when we come to Christ, there's a spiritual connection that's established between us and all believers, and there's ought to be a physical connection as well as we bind ourselves and commit ourselves in a local church, because the local church is supposed to be a tangible, physical representation of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, this morning, I wonder if we realize what that privilege actually means, what does that privilege actually mean? When we, when we come to faith, what does that mean? Well, it means that those who come from broken and difficult families not only gain a heavenly father, but they also gain brothers and sisters. It means that those who, who, who are wrestling with loneliness now have a community. It means that those who are wrestling with pain and confusion in life circumstances are not there, no need to wrestle with that alone. They have brothers and sisters side by side with them, doing that. It's a privilege to be able to be a part of the body of Christ. And yet at the same time, it's also a tremendous challenge. Particularly, I think this idea in our our context today, we don't like this idea about being connected to other people. We we, we like our independence. We want to be people that can do it all ourselves. I'm sure many of us have heard famous people around the world say things like, or maybe even friends near you, say things like, you know, my faith is very personal to me, and so I don't really like sharing it. I don't really like living it out with other people. Or maybe they say, ah, I don't really need to go to church. It's just, it's just me and Jesus. That's all I need. Or maybe they say, oh, I don't really have time to go to church and be a part of church. I'm just going to do my alone time with God, and that's all that matters. Or maybe still they, they have a, a slight sense of what the Bible says and they say, you know what, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, I don't need other people. I can worship God wherever, I don't need to be part of the church. And friends, this danger is, is more prevalent now than ever before. Because we live in a site that's so busy, there's so much demand for our time. Carving out two to three hours to be part of a, a Sunday worship service, to be in, involved in a connect group, that, that's tough, it's difficult. There's study to be done, there's work that needs to be completed, there's friends that want to be meeting up with us. We have busy weeks and so sometimes we just want to be at home and sleep in on a Sunday morning and particularly now we, we have this new, new-ish idea where we've got Church on Demand, where we have recordings from PCC and other churches where we, we, can, we can click on it whenever we want and so we, we feel as if we can just tune in at the time that's convenient to us. And don't get me wrong, these services service have been great over the past 18 months for us to be able to continue to worship, whether we're here or for other churches as well. But if I can say that, whilst that's a helpful tool for those of us who are perhaps unwell or unable to come out for, for medical reasons, it's, it's not meant to be the normative pattern by which the church lives and breathes. Whilst it's a valuable resource for a season, it's not meant to become a normative choice we make out of convenience on a regular basis indefinitely. And I want to challenge us this morning, how do we actually view coming together with the body of believers? God has instituted this time that we have together to be a time where his people come and they they sing God's praises together. They pray for the world and their needs together. They come around the communion table and partake in that together and are reminded of the gospel through it. They listen to the word being preached together. They encourage one another through fellowship and conversation together. This is something that God has created for us to enable us to to be encouraged and built up, to help us in our faith. This is one of the things that God has given us, to be that tangible expression or representation of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. And So I wonder if that's how we view it. Do we come here with that heart? Did we come here this morning with that attitude or do we come because it's just something that we have to do to tick a box? Friends, the reality of our identity in Christ is that we are a connected people. This isn't just a bunch of 100, 150 people who come together, me and Jesus' time and then leave. We're a church, we are a connected people that are called to worship God together and, and live that out in the body of the local church. But what does that actually mean, practically speaking? If we recognise, okay, we are a connected people. Being united to Christ also means we're united to one another. What does that then mean in terms of how we practically live out our lives? Well, this morning that brings us to our second point: the implications of connection. And I want us to to focus on three particular, I think, um, elements of that identity, or three particular implications. And we're going to look at a couple of different Bible passages to help us understand that. But before we do, I just want to put out by way of clarification, one thing that I found is particularly unique about this part of our identity is that the implications we're going to look at, they're both privileges to receive them, but they're also callings to give them out. The things we're going to look at, the three things we're going to unpack, they're things that as, as believers, as people who are connected and involved and, and part of the body of Christ, we're privileged to receive, and it's wonderful, and it's awesome, and we, and we should be thankful for, but we also are called to live that out in a way so that other people in the body can receive it as well. And so this morning, we're going to unpack three things, so let's get into the first one. The first one, being a, a people who are connected, we're called to encourage and build up. To encourage and build up. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter ten, uh, verse twenty-three to twenty-five. Now, again, for for a bit of context, the writer of Hebrews has just been writing to this church, and, and he's been saying to them, he's been going through in depth about the superiority of Christ, um, of of him and the sacrifice he made, and now his role as our high priest, our intercessor, the one who who, who lives and pleads um, on our behalf. And so he tells them, he beckons them to persevere, to not give up. They have a great high priest, so come on, don't don't give up when things get tough. And listen to what he says in verse 23 to 25. He says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, that is to persevere, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but by encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, the writer of Hebrews is beckoning them not only to just persevere but to help the rest of the body to do the same. When they come, when they meet together, to encourage, by speaking the truth in love, to, to building them up, to encouraging them and giving them hope which maybe they're struggling to have at the moment. There's no sense of trying to get it through, get through it all ourselves. There's no sense in which we're trying to just um, have this bravado about being self-made Christian men and women. We're to come together and encourage one another, to persevere, to keep going in the midst of difficult and trying circumstances especially. We need, as the body of believers, this encouragement and this support. And I'm sure many of you, if you've been in church for any any amount of time, you can attest to, to the encouragement and support that that has. Maybe someone, when you're struggling, they cooked you a meal. Maybe they came and just gave you a hug. Maybe they prayed with you. Maybe they checked in with you through a message. Maybe they helped you with a practical thing that you were struggling to do. Maybe they came and helped someone you love, which by in turn helped you as well. We've seen, if you've been in church for any amount of time, I hope you would have seen that that encouragement looks very different for very different people. But being part of the family and part of the body of Christ means that we're called to encourage and build one another up. And so this morning, maybe some of you guys are, are, are in that space this morning. Maybe some of us are, are there where we're struggling. We're in that, that, that wrestle. We're in that valley. We're in that deep spiritual valley. And we're wondering where God is. We're wondering why he's not doing what we think he shouldn't and is supposed to be doing. Maybe it's a, a deep relational hurt. Maybe it's a, it's a deep sense of uncertainty and fear about your health or some other circumstance. Maybe it's um, a sense of, of, of feeling spiritually, emotionally, physically drained and you just feel like you can't keep going. And maybe you prayed a thousand times and cried a thousand times more and then prayed again and still you just can't see a change and you, you kind of wonder, well, what's the point? And you know, whilst praying and reading God's word is absolutely essential, sometimes one of the, the, the means by which God brings about healing and peace and comfort is through the body of believers. In many senses, some way, some, sometimes God uses his own people to be his fingers, as it were, to support, encourage, and build up one another, to pray with each other, to cry with each other, to mourn when one mourns and rejoice when one rejoices. This is a privilege that we have as the body of Christ and being connected that we can come and, and be encouraged and built up by one another. But it's also a calling. It's a calling for those of us, maybe we're not, maybe we're in the spiritual highs, maybe we're enjoying God's goodness. Or maybe we're somewhere in between and God's calling us to be that encouragement for someone else. When you come on a Sunday and you say hello to someone, don't just say, hey, how's it going? Great, see you later. There's maybe an opportunity for you to encourage for you to say a word of encouragement or share something that you've read or share something that you've learned in your own walk. There's an opportunity for us to encourage one another, and that's why it's so important for us to gather, so important for us to be in the lives of one another to the best ability that we have. So that's our first implication. We have the privilege to be encouraged and supported through life's ups and downs, and we're called to give that out as well. And that's the first one, and everyone likes that one but we wouldn't be a true family if there wasn't a little bit of uncomfortableness. And so here goes the second one. The second one is that we're called and privileged to receive teaching and admonishment as well. Turn with me again, Ephesians chapter 4. We're looking at verses 15 and 16. And again, by way of context, Paul has just said actually a similar thing to what he says in our 1 Corinthians passage. He's reminded them that um, they've put their faith in one God. They're baptized by one spirit, so they're also one body. And within that body, God's given different gifts and and abilities and passions to people to be used to equip the body of believers to live a life of of faith and service. And he says that when, when we do that, when the body does the work that it should, we won't be tossed around like a wave in the ocean. And we pick it up in verse 5. He says, Instead, that is, instead of being tossed around, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, whilst we we yes, we want to be people that encourage and supports one another. We also need to be a people that are courageous enough to to teach and to admonish and to correct, to rebuke when needed, and to be humble enough to receive that when we need that as well. Which is very very difficult. Again, just you know, we we know in the culture that we live in, we don't like that. We want to be a people that live according to our own truth. We don't like people telling us how we should live our lives or what we should do with certain things. And unfortunately, a lot of people, when we come into the church, we have that same attitude. We have that same heart. And maybe it's because we've been hurt before. Maybe it's because we've been influenced by others around. But we come with that same attitude. And unfortunately, for this reason, because we're not willing to receive that, a lot of people actually walk away from the church. They think, oh, no, I don't want to be here because I don't want people telling me how I should live my life. We don't want anyone telling us that, that the way we, we view God and his character and when we, what we think about how he should, he should or shouldn't be acting, we don't want anyone telling us that we maybe need to change some of that. We don't want anyone telling us that we need to forgive that person who hurt us deeply. We don't want people telling us that our love for sports or money or things, or even for our families and people, we don't want anyone telling us that that's inordinate, that it's become an idolatrous thing. We don't want people who are going to sharpen us, as it were, who are going to rub up against us and, and challenge us in some of these difficult areas. We don't like people standing up on a pulpit saying that we need to be connected to one another in, in the church. We, we don't like that as a, as a people. We, we don't like being challenged sometimes, and it's difficult. And again, some of us, we've been burned in the church. We've, we've had people who are Christians and who are trying to correct us, but they've said it in a way that's so unloving, that's so hurtful, that's so um, difficult to, to receive. And maybe it's broken you down even more, and it's tough. But the reality this morning, church, is that being part of the body of believers were called to give and to receive that. We're called to humbly submit ourselves, to submit ourselves to the elders in this church who are called to be spiritual overseers and shepherds for this flock. We're called to submit ourselves to our connect group leaders, to our ministry directors. We're called not only to encourage, but also to challenge when needed. We're called to submit to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ so that they, in speaking the truth with a lot of lavish, with, sorry, with a lavishment of love, can correct and bring challenge where needed. It's difficult, but it's also what we're called to to submit ourselves to. And Paul says this morning that as we do that, as each part does its work, as each part does that work of speaking the truth in love and building up and using their gifts to encourage one another and challenge one another, we're, we're built up. Whether or not we're in a position of leadership, we're called to be people that, with, that speak the truth with an abundance of love to bring correction and redirection in the lives of our fellow brothers and sisters where needed. It's difficult, but that's what we're called to be. Being a member of the body of Christ means submitting to and being willing to give challenge, correction, and admonishment in love to fellow brothers and sisters. It's tough. All right, you're still with me. I know that that was was difficult, but we're going to move into our, our third point. Our third one is something that we often hear. Um, But it means it it is still necessary for us to unpack it. And that is our calling to um, service and commitment. Again, turn back with me to the the passage we read at the start in 1 Corinthians 12. Remember that specifically the context there is that Paul is writing to a church and how they are to use the gifts that God's given them. And listen to what he says in verse 15. I picked out two verses. Verse 15, he says, Now if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. In verse 21, if we jump down, he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. What Paul is saying here is that, that, that we each have a role to play in the life of the church. We each have particular gifts or skills or passions or callings that God wants us to uniquely steward in the life of the church to serve the wider body. And in these verses we just read, he's particularly challenging both ends of the spectrum. He's challenging those of us who say, because I'm not like that person, because I can't do this, that or that, I, I Therefore, I, I don't need to bring my gift. I'll just hide it under the, under the bed and, and, and leave it and not use it. He's challenging that idea. Say, no, no matter how big or small you think your gift is, there's an important role for it to play in the life of the church. But at the same time, he's challenging those of us who, who might say, no, well, I, I can do a lot of things. I don't really need that particular act of service. He's saying, no, you, you do. We're a body. If I can illustrate it this way, some of you guys may know, um, a number of years ago, um, I, I tore both of my, um, anti- my ACLs in, in my knees, right? And if you know anything about um, medical stuff, you'll know that that ligament itself, is, is probably only about that big, right? It's about, I think, three centimetres, three or four centimetres long, and about one and a half centimetres wide, right? It's a tiny thing, right? Compared to your, your arms, your hands, your biceps, your quads, your hamstrings, it's a tiny little thing. But when I tore that, what, what also happened was because that small little ligament wasn't doing its job, the rest of my body suffered. Because now I had to use my hands, my shoulders, my arms to, to walk with crutches. I had to use my other leg to stand on because I was, didn't want to put any weight on, on the, the injured leg. I had to um, use my mouth to carry a, a, a bag because I need to carry a bag and if I didn't want to put it on my back, I'll just grab it with my mouth and walk down and crazy stuff. But You see that when one small part, no matter how small it is, when it's not doing its job, the rest of my body suffered. And not only that, the rest of my body wasn't able to do things it was supposed to do because it's trying to cover for that small little ligament that's not doing its job. My hands, which can do up uh, buttons on a shirt or carry a bag, are now having to walk. See, the, the, the point here, it's much the same in the church. No matter how big or small we think our gifts are, no matter what we think we can or can't contribute to this, the, the life of the church, we each have a role to play. There's no place in, in the church for consumerism, where we just come, we receive me and Jesus and then go. No, God's calling us to, to be invested, to be invested in the life of, of our church and the lives of one another. And so I want to challenge you this morning. Think about how might God be using or calling you this morning? Maybe if the band want to jump up, that'd be great. What what might God be calling you to do this morning? Maybe you're able to play music or sing like these guys here. Maybe you're able to spiritually shepherd and care for for people as as a small group leader. Maybe you're able to cook and bring things for morning tea. We're starting morning tea next week, guys. Like maybe you have that ability to to cook a muffin, to cook a cake. Bake a cake? Bake a cake. Clearly I don't have those gifts. Maybe you have the ability to do that and bring something for morning tea. Maybe you're able to sacrifice your Friday nights and get involved in youth ministry because you have a heart for young people. Maybe you can wake up 30 minutes earlier to come in on a Sunday morning and set up chairs and, and the things that we need outside for morning tea. Maybe you're good at coordinating schedules and and run sheets and you can help with the running of services like these or events that we do. Maybe you have a heart for little kids and you can be in creche serving there. Maybe you have a heart for the nations and the, the people around the world who don't know the gospel and so you can get involved with missions work at PCC. Maybe you're passionate about leadership development. You can train young leaders to grow in their leadership. Maybe you have a great big smile that you can stand at the front door and greet people. There's so many things, church, that we, we need to use our, uh, the gifts that God's given us. It's a, it's a privilege to be a part of the, the body, but it's also a calling. Can you imagine if every single one of us, you, no matter how small, whether we're an ACL or whether we're a hamstring, no matter how big or small we think our gift is, if every single one of us was involved and serving and committed to the body of Christ, what would our church look like? How much could, could God be calling us to do with, as a body because we're all working in sync together? And so, as we come to a close, I want to invite you to just bow your heads and, and bring your hearts before God. Maybe there's something that challenges more. Maybe it is about serving, but maybe it's not. Maybe for you, it's about even just being invested and committed to a local church. Or maybe you've you've got serious hurts that you've got to bring before God because coming to church is, is difficult for you. I want to invite you to bring them before God and ask God what he might be wanting to challenge and encourage you with this morning. we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're all here because ultimately of what you did first, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you came and laid down your life for us. You came and died so that we could be brought in. You came and and you laid down your life so that we can be forgiven and restored to relationship with you, but also brought into community with one another. And Lord, for, for some of us this morning, it's tough because we've been hurt or we've, we've got some serious doubts, or maybe we feel like we've tried, we've tried to do these things, but it just hasn't worked. I pray, Lord God, that you would encounter our hearts in the way that it needs to be. And Lord God, for the ways that maybe you're challenging some of us to rethink how we think about, about being part of a body of believers, I pray, Lord God, that you would do that work by your Spirit. Father God, we want to be a people that, that are loving one another because Lord, we know that that brings you good. That our love for one another will be a result of the overflow of the love we have for you first. And that as a church here at PCC in particular, look God, we may be a, a people that, look God, you are, are, are and, and are able to continue to use to impact this city, to impact this nation and around the world. Look God, we, we are one part of the global church. We are not the entirety of it. But we pray that Lord God, you'd help us as a church to be faithful. And I pray that you'd start with my heart, start with each and every one of our hearts here. God, we exist and we we live for your glory alone. And Lord, we pray that our lives as a church and individually will reflect that. And we thank you for this time. Oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church Podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.